Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello there. It's the Luke and Pete Show, episode 36, Luke Miller. Um, that's your age, isn't it? That is my age, yeah. yes, for a, for a few short months, and the, then I will be a little older. I, last year I was convinced that I was 37, and then I realised I was only 36, and that I felt like a new man, I really did. If you're new to the show, that's Pete Donaldson, and yes. quite typical of his input. Mm, exactly, even though I am the second name in the uh, duo. Yeah, and I'm Luke Moore, and it's lovely, and I do mean lovely, to have you along with us. We've got a fantastic show. That's, that's, that's silly. We've got a good show. We've got a show. We've got a show. We've got <laughs> yeah. a show, Luke. That's you can be the got. judge. Yeah, we, exactly. It's not fair that we're our own critics anyway, so that's fair <laughs> enough. Uh, well, uh, something's gone wrong with my uh, iPad sort of situation. It keeps on giving me a little buzz, so uh, I'm going to have to do the It's Been Vocally, which I've never done before, Luke. It's so, true. It's uh, always, yeah. been a, always been a proper studio yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's Been. There we go. Yeah, it's getting there. Um, someone once told me, um, and we will do it, Spin, because you've, you've, you've put the bat signal out there now, yeah. so we have to do it. But someone did tell me when I was uh, but, a, but a little lamb mm. of, a, uh, of a student, yeah. uh, and I was quite interested in working in radio, someone once told me one of the golden rules of radio is that you should never mention your technical equipment. Is that like a really oh, old school God, way? No, oh, I do that all the time. Do you? Okay. And that's why everyone hates me. Why do you think? <laughs> no, that's, well, it's not only why they hate. But why do you think the guy would have said that? Uh, because it sounds uh, unprofessional. But then the, this is kind of like the old radio adage of like trying to be professional and sort of pretending that things aren't going wrong. The show must no, go on, type thing. Yeah. Well, and also. People have jobs, people work, people have problems with their machinery, and if things are going wrong, I think it's nice to sort of let people through the curtain. And you are a friend of the machines, aren't I'm you? Fr- and I'm a friend to the machines, and I'm still chinned off by them all the time. <laughs> They're capricious. I hear, like, kind of received radio knowledge, where it's like, um, you should never say, hey guys, hey you guys, mm. uh, we want to hear from you guys. You have to say, I want to hear from you. Because you're talking about... Well, it's a one-to-one relationship. You're like, oh, piss off. That's what Terry Wogan used to famously say, wasn't it? Yeah. And Terry, apparently, like, industry dudes and stuff. And Terry Wogan, who was, like, the king of, of, of mm. Radio 2, uh, God rest his soul. Great man, a great, great man. man. Yeah. Um, he, apparently, when he was asked in these type of industry events, oh, mm. um, how many listeners do you have on your show? And he'd always say, just one. Just one. Yeah. I mean, empirically not true. No, yeah, millions. millions. Absolute Absolute millions. Absolute yeah. millions. I mean, we could, we could say it would be literally true, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Just one. Just each other. And Stephen... No, we got two, Stephen and Claire. That's right. We love those guys. Yeah, we do. We love, we love them all. Imagine love if all. there is a Stephen and Claire listening, and they're going, oh, they mean us, they mean us. There's probably more than one, Stephen, more than one Claire listening, if, we, if we're going to be ambitious. Well, um, yeah. So, it's been, Pete. This mm. is the time of the show. I always like to sort of give people an idea, because I'm, I'm conscious that people are coming along new, and they don't necessarily know our sort of um, cantankerous old ways. Right. Um, in many ways, we're, we're both quite old now, so we just like to settle into our, into our easy chair and just do what we do every week. But it's important for us to let people know that this is what we're going to be doing. So, it's been is what mm. you or... And I 
have been up to uh, in the this past week. week since people last heard from us. Mm. And I believe you're going to take the lead this week, Peter. Well, because it's, it's been one week from the Ben Ekadeli song, One Week, yeah. perhaps thinking about it, we should have left in the one week, really. It's been, been one week. week. Yeah, that would have been better, wouldn't it? Never but you mind. can't do one week in your impression. That's why I didn't yeah, it's happen. It's been one week. I can get the note, but I just can't get I'd, it. It just doesn't sound right, does it? I'm, be, I'm at the risk of, of, of offending you, and it's only you and me here. I think that was really poor. I've spent 12 years perfecting the it's been, <laughs> and I've neglected the <laughs> one week, one week <laughs> bit. Never mind. You, never... you must be terrible doing that at karaoke. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, this week, what have I been up to? What have I been up to? Um, launching podcasts oh, with yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, and also, um, I interviewed Mark Thomas a few short hours ago. Uh, you know the stand-up Mark Thomas? He like I political, do. Political stand-up. Yeah. He, um, he's basically done this quite interesting project where he went to uh, Janine, which is uh, one of the oldest cities in the world, uh, and it's on the in the West Bank in uh, Palestine, and he's basically um, at a theatre there, uh, a theatre which has been firebombed a couple of times. The director of the theatre um, was murdered, shot. Why, why were you interviewing ago. him? I was interviewing him because basically he's uh, brought over a couple of uh, Palestinian um, uh, stand-ups. Oh, right, okay. Basically, he went over uh, and he set up a um, almost like a stand-up school. And so the only um, proviso being that um, y- you would... Um, there had to be a mix of women and, and men. Right. So it's a very interesting kind of situation where you've got these women who've never really stood on stage and spoken about their lives before, mm. getting on stage and doing a bit of stand-up. It sounds quite a noble pursuit, actually. It's great. And so he's doing a few shows in... Uh, Stratford and uh, I met the two uh, Palestinian guys and it really annoyed me because I um, one of them was called uh, Faisal and the other one was called Allah um, and I learned both the second names and I learned and I was like I think it's incredibly disrespectful if you don't know people's second names if you're about to interview them and I, I and I was told at the last minute that uh, Mark was going to be joined by um, Faisal and Allah and I when it came to short time I'd learned them perfectly when it came to short time muffed it up oh, and really? then I apologised and I know most people wouldn't be like upset about that, but I think getting someone's name wrong is just dreadful. Did you cover for it by going, goodness me? Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Pete Donaldson catchphrase. Yes. If they were called Faisal, goodness me, and uh, <laughs> Allah, goodness me, that would have been perfect. Brilliant coincidence. Yeah. That's, that's letting people, speaking of letting people behind the curtain, I think we talked about it a week or two ago that you, um, you love a bit of goodness me. I and I've been pulled up, me. I've been pulled up by listeners um, over the last week or two. Uh, for saying I know right a lot. I yeah. know right. I know yeah. right. So we've all got them. We've, <laughs> we've all got, got, we've all got in fa- the tank. Probably the the very, very best broadcasters don't have them, but but people like me and mortals like you and I do. Or I think, I don't know, I listen, I, I say fantastic. Yeah. Because yeah, we, we've launched a couple of podcasts uh, this week. Uh, one uh, about wrestling, Wrestle yeah. Me, yeah. Uh, which is, you might have heard uh, on either on our other podcast, a little advert for it, but basically it's myself and a man called Mark Haynes, who I think you'll agree is a very funny man. No, I didn't very, like it. Very <laughs> <laughs> a very clear talker. Yeah, he, it's fantastic. He loves yeah. wrestling. He's an intensely funny man. He knows all the stories about the wrestlers, uh, and I know nothing. And I listened back and I was like, oh, I say fantastic quite well, a lot. Yeah, but I think you're your own worst critic. Not what you, I, but what people What I are, would yeah. say is, yeah. that's what I say a lot as well. I think everyone's got their go-to I, word I have them phrase. for like three months and then I lose them. I think I'm the same. I think mm. that happens to me as well. Yeah. Um, so you've been you've been speaking to Mark Thomas, showing off. Name and dro- Mark Haynes. Name dropping again. Yeah. Is that a big name, really? It might have been in the 90s when he was on Channel 4. But, but... you're only name dropping Marks. Any other, yeah. mark, any other Marks, you know? Uh, I, I would... Mark Morrison, you interviewed him recently? <laughs> I once saw him in a nightclub in Leicester with a big fur coat on. Because he's from Leicester, isn't he? Very warm. Return of the Mac once again. You know, one thing is about Mark Morrison there in that situation, mm. I've got a couple of things to say. One is, 
and in a way I admire him because he he's realised that getting at something out of the cloakroom at the end of a nightclub night is a nightmare. You don't want to be doing that. <laughs> so he, got he's, on, yeah. he's he's circumvented that, but mm. at the same time, very hot in a nightclub. You're going <laughs> to get sweaty. When I went to Poland at New Year's, also I was don't very, wear fur. I was uh, fur. I was very. You know, do not wear Leroy fur. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was. Uh, they insist on you taking your coat off because everybody in cold climate, colder climates than ours, um, they wear like really stocky jackets. Right. Yeah. And in nightclubs, they insist. Where's this? That you took in Poland. Right. They insisted that you took your uh, coat off. When I was in Poland, same city as you, actually, uh, it's bloody hot. Jesus, it's yeah, so it's hot. Yeah, it's weird, it? It's um, swinging it. For my It's Been, I thought this would be quite a nice little thing to do, and I've, this is off the dome piece. I didn't plan this, but I thought it might be quite interesting. Um, we've talked about such a different array of subjects on this show. Now, when we started the show, we didn't really know what we were going to do with it. We kept it a little bit... Um, Shall we say Freeform. loose? Loose, yeah, a bit loose, mm. and thought we'd just, just enjoy ourselves. I've not implemented um, the iPad in this time around. That's how exa- loose I am. Exactly. That's how genuinely pathetic you are when it comes to preparation. No, I'm joking. But um, I know that your memory is just as bad as mine, so Mm. I thought what would be fun is if you you give me an episode number, I'll click on it and tell you the two or three things that we talked about on the episode, and I think it'll be quite entertaining. Okay. Episode 7. Episode 7. Okay, I'm scrolling back down. Episode 7... Is this going to be like the Doomsday book where there's nothing there? We didn't talk about anything this time. We talked about (laughs) accidentally hitting animals in their car. Yeah. Virtual reality, uh, living in the Vietnamese jungle for over 40 years, and your dad um, putting a snooker table in the family's front room. Oh, right, okay, that's that, good. That happened, that actually happened, didn't <laughs> that it? That did actually happen. <laughs> I've, had a, I've been having a big old pitched argument with my dad. I was going, Dad, come on, I'll do with me. Oh, yeah, I've you run out of friends. You, so you, you've decided that you'd quite like to go... You said this on WhatsApp the other day. You've decided that you'd quite like to go on holiday with your old man. Yeah, because I've never done it. And the, the last time me and my dad... Because my mum's a, a write-off. She'll never go on a plane. She'll never go anywhere. So I'm like, right, Dad, you're retired this year, or you might be. Um, by the time it gets to you know late October, I'm thinking he's going to be you know he's going to be climbing the walls because he does yeah. no like hanging out with my mum <laughs> and, and, and your dad is also your dad's also living on Japan time anyway yeah exactly so I was like yeah like that would be perfect either Canada or I'll take my dad to Japan um, he'd have a lovely time and uh, I'd get to see Japan again you're not taking him to Switzerland though that's so different oh well, listen you should very much keep us posted on that because I'd really I, I, I I love underst- hearing about Stuart I don't understand why he's, he, he's not up for it like he was up for it when he dad a couple of pints yeah, and then when he saw that's when you went, book it. That's I when know, you book I it. I know, <laughs> I know. I should just bloody book it. But yeah, yeah he was uh, I, like the thing about my dad is like he's oh no, me, me, your mum needs needs to see her. Like you get up at one o'clock in the morning, yeah. like <laughs> she doesn't see you, mate. <laughs> you, you, no, your mum really needs the idea of me being here, <laughs> <laughs> lurking in the shadows. <laughs> All right, give me one more episode number. Uh, number fifteen. We going early, very early. Episode fifteen. We talked about. Um, you, oh. ju- you judging a dog competition with an 80s pop star. Oh, yeah, Sunita. Um, and the origins of love hearts and everyone's favourite tongue-replacing parasite. Luke, you know what? I would listen to that podcast. Yeah. Well, you're on it. <laughs> I'm on it. Yeah, I can't they stand listening to start believing in podcasts. Because <laughs> you're in one. Because you're in one. So there we go. That's just the, a little example. For, for Again, I'm, I'm in a bit of a new listener's vibe today. Um, uh, an example of the stuff we have talked about in the past. And mm. it's important to remember, these episodes are essentially quite timeless. So yeah. you go back through the catalogue. Exactly. Um, if, you've, if, you, if you hate yourself as much as we do go back through the back catalogue but there you go that's the sort of stuff we can talk about but you've been uh, interviewing a, a, a comedian uh, a politically uh, themed comedian shall we say not not really my favourite um, area of comedy I must say I think I've read one of Mark Thomas's books maybe I think he uh, if you look at the level of satire in England at the moment you sort of go 
at least he's doing something a little bit more worthy than going, yeah. huh, Donald Trump, Donald rubbish, more like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's almost like the um, the Bill Hicks kind of thing, like the other mm. sort of political commentary um, type, uh, sort of social commentary that's mm. also quite funny, really. Do you think that Bill Hicks, as you grow older, is a little yes. bit overrated? Yeah, I do, yeah. You sort of go about, and stand-ups at the time, I sort of say, like, nobody thought he was that groundbreaking. They just thought he was really slick. As an American stand-up oh, coming, yeah. coming to England, like he was just his delivery was just so, spot on. Uh, cars on the table is not my area of expertise at all. No, um, but um, it's, what you're saying there rings true to me. I used to absolutely love the guy when I was yeah. when I was younger. I used to I read the book about his life. I had a couple of his CDs. So it's like having yeah. a Fight Club plus on you all. Yeah, you go, that will be my favourite film forever. Yeah, and it never, never is. isn't. Um, but I do think you, there's definitely some truth in the idea that um, he was very slick, mm. very very confident quite quite combative performer which mm. i think takes a lot of um, a lot of um chutzpah. and that kind of beatnik style was incredibly uh popular at the time popular. yeah but for me do you know what i i my um my my vibe is more like i don't know if people will be surprised to hear this or even care but my vibe is more like a mitch hedberg type thing i, I like silly sort of weird sort of offbeat type stuff like vic and bob type stuff but that would yeah. be my comedy of choice really i'd have that yeah, and you're the same, Pete. I mean, you oh, dress yeah, like Vic Reeves, so it must be something to do with it. It's hard not to dress like Vic Reeves. <laughs> he dresses his, like everyone all the time. I've got his accent, and he dresses in <laughs> yeah, all kinds of uh, There's a clip of George Dawes from Shooting Stars singing a song about Peanuts. Oh, uh, it's brilliant. It's that, absolutely brilliant. I, whenever, it, I, I must watch it once a day. It's just, yeah. George, it's just a really jazzy kind of bit of uh, library music. And George Dawes has to stand there. George Dawes is a character. Uh, he was later in... Uh, he's the... Um, Played by Matt Lucas. Uh, everyone Matt yeah. Lucas from Little Britain and pretty much every other um, sitcom. And Bridesmaids, of course. Bridesmaids. Yeah. He's, he's on American television. He's on British television. He lives in LA. He's brilliant. And he... <laughs> and he played this kind of character, this uh, kind of uh, giant, baby, giant like a baby, baby like yeah. a giant baby and a baby girl on a uh, kind of whimsical uh, quiz show. Shooting stars. Shooting stars. <laughs> And he's got to sing this song about peanuts. He's yeah. just got to, all he's got to go, go. Every bar has got peanuts. <laughs> yeah. But the 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 bed, the music bed is so jazzy, he can't get the word peanuts out. And his <laughs> laughing is so infectious. I'll try and stick a copy of it at the end of the uh, end of the show. But wow, yeah, please do. What I, a piece of work. And Vic and Bob are absolutely national treasures, by the way. Yeah. And and we probably shouldn't delve too deep into our own sense of humours. Because or our own respective sense of humour is because um, the other night you and I on WhatsApp spent a good amount of time crying with laughter uh, watching videos of animals and one of them was a dog playing the recorder, which I literally... You thought that was brilliant. That was the worst video clip. Can, can I just say that different people's tastes for things that make them funny aside, I was laughing so much and so loudly at that dog trying to play a recorder that my wife came into the bedroom and said... What is happening in here? I'm trying I'm wa- to watch TV. I'm, wa- I'm, watching, I'm watching a dog breathe through a tube. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. It wasn't as good as the other video you sent, which was a parakeet, I think. Uh, who, <laughs> you know, when parakeets are like just docile, yeah. they, they just look like you know little birds. But it, when they a get, cockatoo or something? A cockatoo, yeah, yeah, cockatoo, of course. Yeah. Um, but when they get excited, their feathers get ruffled and their head kind of quiff goes up and they just become three times their size. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Its owner... 
in front of the cock- in front of the parakeet or whatever it is. Cockatoo. Cockatoo. What's a cockatiel? Is that a smaller one? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's those big recorders you get? It's cool. <laughs> um, uh, he smashes up a uh, his his uh, cage. His bird's bird cage. Yeah, basically. he jumps on the bird cage and crushes it. And the, the, the bird just gets really big, as if to go, "What the fuck are you doing, Clive? Yeah. What the fuck?" And he just starts swearing. Oh, that's my actual house, and, <laughs> he, he, and he never stops swearing. House. Yeah, yeah, he never stops. It is. It, it's, <laughs> That sort of very basic stuff is very, very good. Uh, but um, shall we, speaking of, um, of, of of basic stuff, shall we go into our listeners' emails? <laughs> yes, let's do that. Let's delve into the email bag, so to speak. Oh, hello. Hello. We're back again. Back again. Um, do, you want me to, do you want me to do the first email or do you want to do it? Uh, no, you do it, mate. You okay, it. I, I'm quite happy to do it because I we I know we say this all the time and it's not showing off. It is really to show gratitude. The amount of emails we've got is it's ridiculous. It's obscene. And um, we're going to have to do another email special soon um, yeah. or we're going to have to do something a bit different, I think. But anyway, um, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com if you want to get involved on any of those subjects we mentioned a second ago or just anything that takes your fancy um, or when you're listening to an old show. Now... I'm excited to start the emails because this one from Paul in Montreal is very, very interesting to me. And it, re- it, it, it um, enjoyed the rhyme. Paul from Montreal. Um, it refers to um, that ta- town we talked about last week called King of Prussia in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah, the one named after a pub. Yeah, so, um, and in fact, in fact, you know what, I'll just read the email. So Paul says, hello, Luke and Pete. Uh, like you, I was very impressed with King of Prussia and will, of course, be making travel arrangements over the next few days. Sure. Apparently, judging by all the other emails we've received, there's no point going there. Um, <laughs> he says, here in Canada, there are a few go- uh, great names too. Uh, for example, Balls Falls. Balls Falls. Uh, which- I, I hear the uh, go over um, G- Gooch Creek. <laughs> That wasn't Buff, worth the it. Buffman's Bridge. Uh, it's in, uh, that's in Ontario, apparently. <laughs> to Punky Doodles Corner. Punky Doodles Corner. Or for, also in Ontario. Um, but he says perhaps the most startling of place names in Ontario is to be found in the hamlet of Swastika. Oh, I mean, that's, that's a bit strong. That's a bit on the nose, isn't it? He said during the Second World War, there were plans to rename it to Churchill, but they clearly couldn't be asked. Um, <laughs> I think they were hedging their bets. Let's um, see which way this yeah, one goes. Yeah, yeah. Let's see which one wins. Um, I looked up Swastika, Ontario, and it's been a town since 1907, so way before the rise of Nazism. It's also got a gold mine, um, which used to be called the Swastika Mine, but it's now called the Crescent Mine. Why, why don't we um, just move all of those alt-right kind of 4chan edgelords there, and they can just live, the, the, all the men, not having sex with any women because they're, they're Nazis, uh, and just kind of like having a terrible time. What about the people who are already living there? They can be moved out. They'll you can put the instead of having water through the taps, you can have Mountain Dew. So you, that's all. That's all um, geeks drink. Displacement, yeah. That's your. That's your. <laughs> <laughs> that's your solution. Is it's it? called swastika. With for what, crying out loud, Luke. Pete, we talked about your appearance. You cannot be talking about that sort of stuff. Um, but, but Paul goes on to say, as much it, as Ontario would like to claim the best, most unusual place name in Canada, they can't because that accolade actually belongs to the town of Dildo, Newfoundland. Wow. Now, I looked up Dildo as well. There's nothing there. I hear d- Dildos all live in Swastika. <laughs> the most interesting thing I could find about Dildo is literally the sign for it, which just says Dildo of an arrow, a which diff- is quite a difficult Google. Um, apparently it's been called that since 1711. Um, yeah. And Paul ends his email by saying, I'm currently juiced up on some Chateau batteries. 
Chateau, sure. I don't know if you've had a Chateau no, yet. I think they're a Canadian brand. Um, Plus su- change. Super Poissante edition, apparently. Um, I don't know what that means either. Probably embarrass myself there, but I don't speak French. Uh, so that's from Paul. I thought that was an excellent start to the email section. Mm. And I was very keen to get it in there. <laughs> Any more um, place names like that are welcomed. Get them in. They are welcomed. Get them in. Doesn't have to be the words show. <laughs> um, cats. You like cats. I do. I'm not as big a fan, but hi, Luke and Pete. This is from Tamsin. Hello, Tamsin. Um, I was listening to your latest pod on the way to work this morning. I was interested to hear about the chap in the US whose dog was giving acupuncture. I noticed that you both sounded somewhat cynical of this approach to veterinary treatment. I was. I don't know about you, Luke, but I certainly was very... Uh... I, I'm unclear on the sort of um, efficacy was... of, of acupuncture yeah, generally. I just I'd thought like it to was know like more alternative about it. medicine, just kind of like, it looks like you're doing something. Same, so yeah. Enjoy. Uh, basically, uh, my cat Jasper, when it was about uh, 10 or 11, uh, suddenly started suffering episodes of severe pain where we'd find him lying on the floor, growling and groaning and unable to move. Oh, that's awful. That's he awful. must have only been a couple of years old at most and it was uh, really distressing. Sorry, this is when Tamsin was 10 or 11 and the cat was very young indeed. Yeah. Uh, after various investigations, the vets were the vet was uh, very concerned that he's injured his spine or his nerves and would likely need to be put down. Which is always the answer with animals, isn't it? If they get anything that you know they they, they don't have a treatment for right there and then, they go, yeah, it's probably probably going to get. Um, can I can I also can I also weigh in with something that is actually quite maybe sound a little bit pathetic, but. Um, as someone who genuinely had a cat called Jasper who was put down, right. this, this is, this is ch- chiming very chiming deeply with me. Very deeply. Um, yeah, so one vet at the veterinary uh, surgery place uh, was developing an interest in alternative therapies and suggested uh, that it might be a trap nerve that could potentially be treated with acupuncture. Hmm. Desperate to save our cat, we paid for several sessions of the treatment. It is a vivid memory of my childhood, seeing my cat sedated and splayed out flat with dozens of tiny needles inserted in his back. Like now, a furry hellraiser. <laughs> like a porcupine, presumably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Though That is a porcupine, actually. Do you want to take <laughs> that out? Because that's got nothing to do with it. If it's kind of like um, drugged up and sedated... Could that not have sorted? Could that, you know, well, muscle relaxant our business? It, well, Pete, herein lies the grey area. Repeated sedation. It'll be no surprise to anyone listening that neither of us are medical professionals. No. Um, but... I was but if all... we were going to start practising, we'd start on cats and dogs. Yeah, no, stop it. <laughs> or tortoises. Uh, there's, there's, uh, my, my parents have got a tortoise as well. Yeah. Um, there's Full of uh, boss today, aren't we? I think, yeah. <laughs> You're name-dropping marks. <laughs> I met a mark today who's, name who, dro- knows, who knows some Palestinians. I'm name-dropping shelled animals. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's a... There's a um, there's clearly like a feeling here, certainly from what I've read, that this placebo effect is really important. So mm. you hear things like one of the most fascinating stories about it is that there was a shortage of morphine in the First World War. Right. So when when um, there were field hospitals laid out, nurses and doctors were going around giving morphine to to every third soldier. Yeah. But telling every soldier they had it, and the ones that had morphine had an M put on their forehead, so other doctors knew, yeah. and it would help with the pain because the placebo effect is very powerful. Why has our blog got an M on his head and I haven't? Yeah, it, <laughs> I don't think they can move because they're like so they're okay. so injured. But it's not a laughing matter. Millions died. Um, the the, um, the well, only third was sedated. Yeah, indeed. Seems. But but is it possible to? Is it possible for an animal maybe of of a fairly low level intelligence compared mm. to a human being like a cat? to be able to understand the placebo effect. Mm. So is this where the whole placebo thing with acupuncture, if it is indeed a thing, and we need people to email in and tell us, is it where that falls down? Because cats clearly aren't going to be clever enough to go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll just believe it. No. And also, I mean, this vet is charging for this uh, treatment. If I was the owner of the cat, I'd be like, no, you're doing this on your own dollar, mate. You're trying to prove something. Yeah. 
You prove something, yeah. right? Or, or the cat's getting a Saturday job <laughs> once, it, once, it's pain, <laughs> once its pain issues have been sorted out. Yeah. So, as an aside, this same cat uh, well, it got better, felt, felt fine afterwards. Uh, this same cat subsequently uh, developed a strange bladder problem, which nearly killed him on several occasions. Basically, his pee hole, technical term, thank <laughs> you, Tamsin, uh, was too small. It's funny, because where he... I come from, I call that a penis. What? Pee, a penis. No, but the urethra is, a, is Thank very you, much... urethra, that's right. fine. Pee hole. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. Oh, Check know- out my pee hole. Who knows what the show's going to be called this week? Exactly. Cat pee hole. Uh, and he would regularly get uh, urinary infections and blockages, resulting in filling up with wee like a big balloon. Oh, God. Isn't that horrible? Dangerous as well. Dangerous probably. as yeah. well. You could pop and in a really horrible way. Yeah. Um, he'd be rushed to the vets, catheterised, and essentially just drained. Uh, after trying lots of remedies, including special diets, the vets decided the best bet was an expensive operation to create a wider pee hole, urethra, uh, higher up where the tube was wider. Again, no idea on the technical aspects of this. Uh, I'm reckoning uh, drinking straw. <laughs> McDonald's milkshake straw. Not plastic now, not allowed. What? Because of the environment. People are using paper straws now, aren't they? Are they? Yeah. Oh, there's horrible ones, that plastic, but then put paper around it? No, just paper, I think. How does that even work? Uh, I think you can't leave them getting wet for too long. <laughs> <laughs> like a gremlin. Well, um, um, my wife's got um, metal straws because she's very environmentally oh, conscious cool. and they're reusable and you put them in the dishwasher. It looks too much like cocaine abuse for yeah, me. <laughs> you, can't use a, you can't use a metal straw in a cat's urethra. I remember there was a shot of... Uh, who's, um, who's the actor who played Lovejoy? Ian McShane. Ian McShane. He was, back in the 70s, uh, cocaine abuse was so big, but it was a very new thing. Uh, late 70s, early 80s. Uh, but you could buy in, like, gentlemen's magazines uh, this kind of, like, um, really pricey, premium kind of uh, products for keeping your uh, cocaine dry and keeping it potent. And also uh, some kind of, like, silver and gold uh, gilded um, kind of spoons and straws and How things like that. Where would you buy this from? The back of magazines or something? Yeah, so, so, so okay, it was right. kind of like... Uh, paraphernalia type. Yeah, thing. paraphernalia. I mean, I, I just get, I guess it's still legal, but it's just not as popular. Well, so Ian McShane would be... Ian McShane was spot... There's a beautiful shot of Ian McShane with his beautiful rug and his beautiful tanned looks. And he was a good-looking bloke back in the day, and he still is, I guess. Still, he's still in good shape now, yeah. Still in good nick. Um, and he's got, clearly wearing, like, a necklace pendant sort of thing with... Uh, like a like a, a cocaine sniffing straw, <laughs> dreadful behaviour, <laughs> but a wonderful kind of like image from the. From, from Do you know what, Pete? I bloody love to have Ian McShane on this show. <laughs> on cocaine, Deadwood, <gasps> love that. Deadwood, brilliant yeah. in that. What was he um, in? He's also brilliant in um, se- uh, Sexy Beast as well. Yes, he is yeah. brilliant in that. He's yeah. brilliant. Any uh, American uh, TV show he's been in the last fifteen years, he's yeah. been fantastic. But this email from Townsend ends with Jasper the cat who's um, 18 years old now, yeah. um, very very um, happy and healthy and, and, and having a good life um, I love that, I love that that's how the, the email ends because I'd be very interested to know who had the oldest pet of all our listeners The oldest pet? I'd love proof 18's good for a cat that's it's excellent good. for a cat, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Dog 15 is good for a dog, is it? isn't it? I'm not really sure. I don't really I don't know, know much about It depends about on dogs. the breeds, isn't it? Bigger breeds die quite young, don't they? Yeah. Bless them. Yeah, old, oldest pet would oh, be good. Bless them. Um, thanks for that, Tamsin. No. No battery devices near Tamsin, apparently, she says. Do you want another... Oh, really? I, I find that hard I to believe. I find that hard to believe. What about... Um... Uh, we're gonna. We're, this is going to go to the point where we're asking people to pry open, jimmy open their uh, mobile phones and check out what uh, lithium-ion batteries they've got in there. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. They're very explosive. Well, if do, you pierce it, them, they explode. Do it if you want, but um, we're not being responsible for it. Mm. Um, here's an email from Andrew. Have we got time for this one from Andrew? Yes, yeah. we have, mate. Yeah, good. Okay, he says, uh, Dear Luke and Pete, as a self-confessed history nerd, I'd like to point out a mistake made by the Beeb 
which could explain why Pete was so disappointed with his hometown's appearance in the 1980s Doomsday book. Right. Um, we talked about that. Was it called Doomsday Relaunched, a BBC project? Yeah, that's we the one, yeah. researched our own hometowns and stuff. Um, the north of England, apparently, according to Andrew, was a hostile place to Southerners, even back in the 11th century, and therefore the actual Doomsday book recorded very little further north than South Yorkshire. Mm. However, an alternative was commissioned in the early 12th century by the Archbishop of Durham, Hugh de Poisset, known as the Bolden Book. One of the buildings mentioned in the document can be found within the Beamish Museum, well worth a visit for anyone interested. So there you go, there was an alternative yeah. Doomsday Book for you Northerners. You've always got to do it differently, haven't you? <laughs> we do. I reckon Actually. that when, he, when Andrew says, oh yeah, the, 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 um, you know, the North of England was, was hostile to Southerners, I reckon what probably happened there was... All the Northerners thought, oh, the Southerners are doing that, but they'll probably fuck it up. <laughs> they won't do it, do it right, yeah. Pansies, they won't do it properly. We'll do, it. We'll do our own one. We'll invent the railway, mate. So there you the go. The Davy lamp. In time for next, uh, n- next time, Pete, you're going to need to look up the, uh, the Bolden book. As long as I don't have to read about Beamish again. Beamish Museum, um, I don't know if you're familiar, it's like a museum slash mining town. It's like an old mining town from, I think, Victorian era. And they've right. basically preserved it. Um, and uh, kids at my school went every fucking year right. without fail to look at the same things, to look at the same way they used to do dentistry, to look at the same way people used to buy flour. The only things that spent more time at Beamish were the wasps, of which there were a million. <laughs> What's in there that's good? Wasps. Is that looked, was the most exciting thing, wasps I and a mine. At, I did look it up and it looked absolutely massive. <laughs> it is, so much, yeah, it's sprawling. And I will be honest, now I love a museum. I don't you, know why you bothered to pay it in there, because you just walk into it. It's a town. And because the world hasn't changed, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's unfair. I love a museum. I've, told, I've talked to you a lot about the Mary Rose Museum, haven't yeah. I? Which is absolutely fantastic. But that one does look uh, fairly fairly boring, I have to say. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of um, uh, theme parks... Oh, can I just... Before you do that, can, just, I, can I just really quickly say, you know you said you went there every year. Right. Uh, that was a school trip. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was a, a school... Was that because I went to Catholic school? That and the Lords. Oh, okay, right. come back with little vials of um, holy water. Yeah, that's child abuse, isn't it? What do you mean? I don't like the idea of indoctrinating children into religion. That's a different story. But um, um, what was I going to say? Yes, so the, the idea of a child's a school trip. Mm. Um, it's funny because at our primary school, every year, um, they would go to this thing called Stubbington Study Centre. Stubbington Study Centre? Yeah, yeah. The SSC. What do you imagine it to be like? Um, it, very much like the Manga Museum that I went to in uh, Kyoto, where just people are just reading shit. Well, what, well, what apparently it was like, and the reason I was saying apparently there because I never got to fucking go right. was um, you'd go and it would be about wildlife and stuff, and then you'd get to stay up late and observe like badgers in their sets. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was wicked, right? Look, and 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 the logo is a badger going, right. "Come and have a look at me at night." But I think <laughs> I think Come because gears upon my TB infested fur. Stop it. What? That's not. It's not right. The badger cult was a bad thing. We haven't got time for that now. But you what? sound like a Queen guitarist. <laughs> I look like one. <laughs> um, but the apparently, I think it was because the year ahead of us behaved so badly that we weren't allowed to go. Banned. I was absolutely gutted. Banned. Absolutely that gutted. That is magical. We used to have um, college parties, and that got banned after the police were called. And I remember a, a mate getting chucked in the back of a police van, uh, still wearing the sort of wig you never see anymore, like a multicoloured rainbow afro. <laughs> As he was nice. What year are we, we talking? Ninety four, ninety seven. Oh, like later. Six, okay. It was a six form thing, I think. Oh, oh well, okay, right. Okay, fine. Uh, and everyone was pissed, and yeah, people got arrested. Um, speaking of that, on that on that subject, it's just reminded me. My sister went, who's younger than me, went to a um, a local party, mm. um, and uh, it was organised by the police as like a sort of um, 
community outreach type thing. It was like, come and have fun with us. Yeah. We're not, we're not, we're not squares and all that stuff. But I don't think my parents knew that it was run by the police. And my sister just said she was going to a party with her friends. Yeah. I think she's about fifteen or sixteen. Anyway, uh, to cut a massively long story short, what transpired was she her dress split and it ripped. And um, it was terribly embarrassing for her. And the police, a police officer, a female police officer there, said, "Oh, don't don't worry. Where do you live?" And she went, oh, "I'll just live up there." And, he, and the police officer said, "Oh, that's just down the road. I'll give you a ride back to your house. You can get changed, and I'll take you back to the party again." Very nice thing to do. Anyway, of course, it went completely wrong because as soon as my sister turned up in the house with a police car at like eight thirty, <laughs> my mum was like, "Well, what is happening here?" <laughs> and my sister would be like, "Oh no, I, was like, I don't want to hear it. Thank you very much, officer. Good night." So, <laughs> 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 get to bed we'll talk about this in the morning <laughs> classic one of my favourites one of my favourite family memories that is magical yeah, great. Like, I like it when uh, mums get so angry you can't get out what no. you need to get out I remember no. somebody threw a tomato it was me uh, <laughs> at a wall at a wall there was tomato all over the wall and my mum like the greatest detective that ever lived walked in the room and went I threw it on my sister she ducked it hit the wall yeah. um, and my mum went someone just threw a tomato at the wall I was like <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I'm going, well, I'm about to wipe it up, but you're so angry, I'm going to pretend it isn't me. Yeah. My, my sister's got um, such a, well, I did have such a bad temper on her that um, once she threw an entire mixing bowl of Angel Delight at me. Magic. Which missed, smashed against the wall and put Angel Delight all down the uh, the wall and then the carpet. <laughs> and um, on that particular note... Um, <laughs> I licked it off. No, 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 no. That, <laughs> on a separate note, but related, I once came home from the pub when I was living with my parents and got a curry on the way home. Right. And uh, too involving for a boozy. I know. After, I, after booze, kebab, chips, nothing else. You, Pete, like waiting for a curry. I, I was young and foolish. <laughs> and and what happened was, I, I I was drunk in the kitchen, got the curry out, rice, sauce, meat, everything, mm. put it on the plate, went to carry it into the living room. And I dropped it, right? But it landed plate down mm. and nothing was spilt. And I was like, but I couldn't see because it was dark. Right. So I went to go down and pick it up, put my hands in the curry, and then... You, that, tro- that was your night then. Trying to find the light switch and put my hands <laughs> all over the wall. So there was like curry handprints all over the wall. And I, was like, I was thinking, how is this even possible? How uh, have I done this? So anyway, that had to be repainted. Yeah. I can't remember if I paid for it or not. Probably did, knowing my mum. But there we go. I went back to a uh, hotel room that I was sharing with a friend uh, who'd got lucky with a lady who was on her time of the month and it was fucking everywhere. Which, more horrifying than the curry story, but certainly a little bit more visceral. Where's well. that come from? You put curry on the light switch? It was family fun, that. <laughs> that was family fun. I'm going to put explicit on it now. <laughs> it looked like a crime scene. Right, anyway, um, I've, right. Got, I've got a mencata. <laughs> right, you got a mencata. I'm, I'm wrestling this away from you. It I'm, was every... I don't know how she did it. Pete, I'm taking the conversational right. football okay. away from you. Yep. I'm not taking the ball home as yet. Right. But if this carries on my will, I'm <laughs> going to take it to mencata. Let's have mencata. It's very natural. Let there be justice for all. Let there be peace for all. It's one small step for man. You don't understand. Willie was a salesman. Say simply, very simply, with hope, good morning. Right, thank goodness for that. Thank goodness we're out of that section. Um, that was worse than the... Uh, ah, that's fine, doesn't matter. Um, it's, up, it's up there. I've got a good Mencata, Pete, and I'm excited for it. Yep. Have you, and I hope you haven't, have you heard of the Straw Hat Riot of 1922? 
Uh, no, I haven't. This is brilliant. Are we talking boaters or just random straw hats? Ah, uh, we're talking straw boaters. Talking straw boaters. I mean, yeah. Okay, right. um, I think we're talking straw boaters. My, my knowledge of hats isn't very good. So listen, check this out. In 1922, mm-hmm. in New York City, some particularly, uh, what shall we say, feverish Ooh, young men right. decided to wear the traditional summer straw hat past September 15th, which is a very big unwritten rule in New York at the time. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, apparently, summer's over. You change your hat out. You, you don't wear that. You, <laughs> you, don't wear you put the straw boater away yeah. and you put your normal yeah. hat on. Some people just flying way too close to the sun, <laughs> freestyling all over the sartorial rules of the, of the, of the era. But weather changes. Huh? Weather changes by, from year to year. All the time. So well, like, listen, arbitrarily yeah. or not, arbitrarily or not, September the 15th was when you should no longer uh, be wearing a straw hat in New York City in the year 1922. Right. As a re- but some people did it. As a result, some particularly easy to offend uh, ladies and gentlemen, and I have sympathy for them here because one does need to maintain some sort of sartorial standard, mm. um, started removing their hats uh, and stomping on them. <laughs> so basically, the entire... And, and, and while I say that you've got to maintain some sartorial standards, of course, this reaction to it is wrong. <laughs> Seeing someone with a hat after September the 15th, taking, off, taking it off their head mm. and stamping on it in front of them. This is absolutely true. These were hats made of, like, straw, you know, yeah. you know so they're particularly easily perished. Um, and the key trigger event to the straw hat riot of 1922 appears to be when a group of youth uh, targeted the straw hats of a large team of dockers and dockers are traditionally hard. Yeah. Like, traditionally hard. Everyone knows Why that. Why would you do that? Yeah. Um, oh, hello, a massive brawl on Manhattan Bridge. <laughs> a massive brawl ensued. <laughs> and then teenage gang members started heading out uh, with baseball bats or sticks with nails through them uh, on that night and targeted some of these straw hat motherfuckers and uh, shit, shit got real. Um, I just want to see a single butter just floating out to sea. Probably blood on it. Blood on it, yeah, and sort of ending up in in China where they have different kinds of straw hats, and they go, "Oh, I've never oh. seen one of these before." Is this a sign? Is this- <laughs> anyway, apparently the brawl was breaking out in pockets all over New York, and it went on for a couple of days. And and one and one um, theory as to why people stopped wearing straw hats was because of the Great Depression caused by the Wall Street crash in nineteen twenty nine. Um, people started to think of them as a symbol of irresponsibility and reckless abandon, and right. so started to wear other types of hat, holidays hat instead. Yeah. Um, but it's a great resource. Um, there's a great resource online. The New York Times has a great archive section. This is where I found this. Um, but there's a fantastic headline about the incident in the New York Tribune, um, which was Straw Hat Smashing Orgy Bears Heads from Battery to the Bronx. Orgy. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, that is magical. It's good, right? It? So imagine that. That's how it started. <laughs> when, I mean, the, the key for me, the trigger event here is the Dockers. Yeah, I don't attack a... Never attack a docker. They've got hands like buckets. For me, a docker's always wearing a flat cap. Yeah. Anyway, why is it wearing a straw hat? I don't, I don't know. I just... I, why hats were so big back then, I don't know. Milliners must have been, you know, by themselves. I went, when I was in New Orleans uh, last New Year's Day, uh, my mate went to buy a um, a hat. Uh, a... Uh, like a... Um, fedora? No, it would be a fedora. What do you wear down there? Like, like Where, whereabouts? Uh, in New Orleans. Like a, a nice hat, basically. Yeah, Fedora, fedora would yeah. Be about right, yeah. He went in and, oh, God, it's very involving. I had no yes. idea because I don't wear a lot. I've never worn a hat. Um, I just didn't know there was that much in it. Um, really. Speaking of milliners doing a mm. roaring trade, you know that's where the phrase mad as a hatter comes from. Right. Because they used to use mercury to seal the hats. Is that right? And it meant to send them um, crazy, yeah. Uh, I think mercury I poisoning. learned that on another podcast called Serial. 
Never heard no. of it. Never heard of Never it. Heard it. No. Won't, won't catch on. Anyway, the no. Straw Hat Riot of 1922 in New York City is my main Carter entry of this week, and I hope you bloody enjoyed it, because I did. And it's a fitting uh, addition to Men Carter, which is an online encyclopedia. We are com- uh, concatenating, collecting together. Compiling when we can Piling. be bothered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can be bothered. That's, but Pete, that is just about it from me. I've got nothing more for you. So well, Let's um, get out of here. Yeah. Um, any uh, notes, parish notes? I've got a parish notice. Okay. I think, following on from what I said earlier... I think from next week, let's do two slightly shorter shows a week. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> so we'll get through more emails that way. We'll get through more emails that way. It'll be slightly shorter, bite-sized. Luke and Pete Shaw, uh, we'll do one at the start of the week and one at the end of the week. That's a date. That's a date, Luke Moore. That's a double date. That's a double date. Cool. I like you so much, I want to see you twice a week. I already see, I already see you a billion times a week anyway. Um, yeah, and uh, notice for me is uh, listen to the two podcasts, Wrestle Me, which is me and a friend uh, talking about wrestling. If you don't like wrestling, it doesn't matter. I don't like wrestling, uh, but I certainly listen and um, indeed I'm involved. I don't have a particular strong feeling on wrestling either way, and I really love that show, so mm. I would echo that. And we've also got another show out at the moment, which you've seen the trailer for in your RSS feed called The Winds Are Not, which is a fantastically funny show about the royal wedding uh, the upcoming nuptials between Prince Harry and Meghan Markle so do subscribe and check that out as well and check out RadioStakhanov.com which is our podcast network where we are um, bringing loads of wonderful new shows into the world some of which at least hopefully will be of interest to you yeah the, the Windsor Not ones are a very good example of a, of a podcast that is about a subject that you might not care about, but you sure as hell will enjoy the podcast because the, t- the two lads who do it, uh, Joe and uh, Daniel, are very, very funny men indeed. And we poached them from another podcast, which is very good. And if anyone um, knows anything about talking about things that people don't care about, <laughs> it's, it's you and I. It's us. Yeah. Uh, the Windsor Knots, uh, check out uh, thewindsornot.com and online at uh, on Twitter. I and mean, while you're doing that, though, don't, don't forget your old pal, the Luke and Pete show. I know, yeah. Well, you know, we, we can uh, just delete all of the other podcasts. Yeah, radio to just, down, just, just download. Uh, on the continent, the football one, the football ramble, uh, Luke and Pete Shaw, um, uh, Windsor Knots, yeah. and Wrestle Me. You almost forgot them all already, then, didn't so you? So many. Yeah. Anyway, that's it from anyway. us for this week. We'll see you next week for a, for a double double helping, double wham wham, like me in the in the cake shop. It'll be two slices of what? What do you usually go for in a cake? Um, shop? I, I love this Blackbird Bakery near me. Do a great spiced apple cake. I have to bring spiced apple cake. Okay. T- if you're going to go, go for proper clart. Go for a vanilla slice. Peanuts. Peanuts. <laughs> What's the song about? Bad peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right.